Just as a reminder, you can visit us at thepandapod.com. That's thepandapod.com to grab our RSS feed, listen directly, and share PandaPod with your family and friends. You can also reach us directly via email through podcast at thepandapod.com. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Panda Pod. Today, we have an incredible guest joining us, Bianca Rowland. Uh, she's not only an exceptionally talented artist, but also a creative force to be reckoned with. Bianca's art is a vibrant celebration of imagination. Her work spans various mediums from canvas to sculpture and beyond. Uh, in this episode, we'll dive into Bianca's artistic journey, explore her unique approach to creativity, her influences, and also just talk about some other topics that you know we're all very interested in. Uh, Bianca, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Thank you. Gosh, that introduction makes me feel all glowy inside. I'm great. How are you guys? <laughs> doing good. Uh, we also have our normal co-host today, Wiggy. How are you doing, bud? Doing good. Good. And Rab, how are you doing? I'm great. Excellent. Um, now, Bianca, you and I have talked several times. Uh, we're a part of a shared spiritual community. Um, and you've also done another one of my podcasts, Interviewing Aliens. So excited that you decided to join us here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your artwork, uh, and any kind of introductory introductory stuff you're, you're interested in sharing? Well, I am an artist. I am a, I'm primarily work in mixed media at the moment, which is a very vague description. Um, but you can go to my website, BiancaRoland.com, R-O-L-A-N-D, and see what kind of work I do. But I work with um, foam clay and beads and canvas. And recently I've gotten really into doing fiber and it's all very abstract and biomorphic. And I consider myself to be a psychedelic maximalist. Um, so that is a very serious pursuit. It is not at the moment my full-time vocation. That is my goal. I do put about 20 hours a week into my art as it is. So it is basically a part-time job and I'm very, very serious about it. Um, it's also part of my spiritual practice. Most of my healing and growth happens when I'm working in my studio um, it is where I am, when and where I am most connected to Alice, who I would loosely call my spirit guide, although I'm not really crazy about that word, and, and that maybe is part of a bigger conversation. But uh, she's a force that I connect to um, something of a muse and guide for my life. And um, I practice uh, a form of divination called canticumancy, which is divination through music. Um, I use a, spot, a Spotify podcast that's uh, roughly 2,500 songs um, to answer questions. Um, gosh, I think that's the nuts and bolts. What else would you like to know? Well, I mean, that's a lot right there. Um... I tell you, you reached out to me the other day wanting to do another reading for me from Alice. Um, I would love to dig into the Kentucky just a little bit more real quick. Yeah, sure. You nailed me with the answer to the question you gave me the other day. <laughs> um, you know, you had said, hey, I, I want to practice this a little more. Do you have any questions? Uh, I expressed to you, you know, I, I had a question about career director direction. 
Um, and you said that you got the answer in one one song, and you said it to me, and Alice even left a little a little business card at the end of it. Uh, can you just explain to me, you know, when you're preparing to do this Conticumancy, you know, what do you what do you do to get into the mode for it? Um, and you know, what's the process for actually getting to the song and, and determining a, a, an answer there? Well, first of all, I want to, I, if you don't mind, I want to address a little bit the context of um, the last reading that I did for you um, in the greater context of starting to talk more openly about Alice and the experiences that I'm having. I was specifically testing the process with you with that question, that reading, because since I was on the last podcast, I feel like my connection has grown exponentially. And wow. I, I feel my, my, as I, as I mentioned on that podcast, I've been tracking things like my synchronicities, my manifestations, my mood, my health, my diet, all of these kinds of things, really trying to drill down what things I can personally change about how I operate in the world to bring more of this into me. And something is working. Plus, starting to talk more openly about this phenomenon, I feel like is bringing it in more strongly. And I was feeling it, I think it was on Saturday that I did this for you. I was feeling exceptionally connected. I was working out in my art studio. I was just listening to music. I was feeling exceptionally connected in the moment. I'd already had some very significant synchronicities that day. And so I sent you a message as I'm, I'm just like, hey, I want to test this out because I, I really feel like it's gotten stronger. Do you have a question um, that you'd like to ask? So historically, it has taken. So what I have on Spotify is I have a playlist. It's roughly 2,500 songs long. It's about 180. I think it's 184 hours at this point. And so I will go to that playlist with intention in my mind, you know, I'll read the message of the person who sent me the question, or if they're sitting in the room with me, obviously listen to their question. And, you know, if, if it's a local, a personal in-person reading, um, it's often easier to get deeper because they can ask additional questions and then I can do more music. Anyway, that's on the side. So I'll kind of get myself into this headspace. I'll focus on the question. And then I go to this playlist and I make sure it's in shuffle mode and I press play. And so usually within three to five songs, I have some kind of an answer. And this is, this is intuition, but I can use um, the names of the songs, the lyrics, the album art, the feeling that it invokes, and uh, not even necessarily looking at the typical symbolic language that you see those things. It actually goes a little bit further than that. It's almost like something in the song, the lyrics or the words or whatever, plants a seed in my head that then blooms into a full, fully fruited answer, if that makes sense. So it usually takes three to five songs. Um, and sometimes what will happen is a song will be generated that doesn't mean anything to me in, in the context of the reading, but then I will offer that playlist to the person who asked the question, and that song will be significant to them for some reason. Like it was something that was a favorite song of theirs in high school or something like that. And this has happened over and over and over again. So um, when I did this reading for you on Saturday, whenever it was, you asked me the question. I went through my same process. And the first song that came up, um, I don't remember what it is. I don't have it sitting in front of me. 
I think you could look at the lyrics and you kind of suss out maybe how I got started with the answer. But I opened up the note app on my phone and I just started typing, typing, typing. Before it even got to the lyrics, I was typing, 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 just this flood of an answer. And I was done. I was done after one song. I was 100% certain of the answer. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just see um, what the next song is that comes up to see if it provides any more clarification. Because certainly this can't be all there is. I could not possibly have done this in one answer. So I was doubting myself. I was doubting the connection. The next song that came up was Alice in Wonderland, which is not an answer. It was her leaving her calling card saying, no, trust yourself. You got it in one and it's done. Wow. That's wow. Incredible. The song was Cold Little Heart by Michael Kiwanaku or Kiwa. Kiwanuka. I hope I'm saying that right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I read through the lyrics while listening to it, and I was like, wow, okay, yeah. I, everything that you intuited there is right there in the words, and I, I was picking it up as well. Um, Neat. It is yeah. really cool. You guys, don't be surprised, and she mentioned this in the other podcast, but don't be surprised if you start picking up on these little musical clues as you're walking through life and start realizing that it feels like something's talking to you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I'm finding more and more that Alice is creeping into my life as well. So I think it might be a good time to take a detour. I think I uh, talked about this on our Tarot episode as well, but just to talk about like for the skeptics out there, purely scientific explanation for magic and why it works. Um, I mean, it's pretty much an indisputable fact that we observe so much more than our conscious minds can hold, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so this type of divination, I mean, a purely scientific explanation for it is that it allows your conscious mind to access your subconscious. Sure. Well, and this is something I was talking to. My husband is a skeptic. He is, he is skeptical of the experience that I'm having right now. And so am I. I am 100% skeptical of it. And I'm constantly sure. questioning myself going, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. And so because I wanted to demonstrate to him that I am trying to approach this from as scientific a perspective as I possibly can, trying to be as objective of the phenomena as I possibly can, I made a few observations. I am on the autism spectrum and I have ADHD. And people who fall into that category are often way more observant of other people from a like a need for survival with their peers than neurotypical people are. So we notice a lot of details so we can learn how to react appropriately and do things appropriately. And I think a lot of those things that we observe, we don't even know that we observe and we sure. just store it away. And so I think it is entirely possible. So, you know, people who want to talk about psychics as being um, scams and frauds, they'll often talk about things like cold reading, where when you do it often enough, people ask you the same questions over and over and over again, and you start to learn a pattern of human behavior and your answers are vague enough that you can offer an answer that people will buy. Right. And so I think it is absolutely entirely possible on a super subconscious level that I could be pulling these answers from some mix of that, that I am not intentionally cold reading because I am definitely not, but that through my powers of observation as a neurodivergent person, 
um, my, my just general level of intelligence, all of these different factors. Even though I don't know Jeff well, I can understand from the question, there's a lot that you can intuit just based on the question being asked. Mm -hmm. right. So is it possible through that combination of elements that I'm just really, really, really good at cold reading and not, you know, not knowing that I'm doing it? Absolutely. So I am the ultimate skeptic in my own experience. And I don't expect anybody to just outright believe me that these things are happening in the way that I actually personally think they're happening. Your skepticism is totally valid. Yeah, sure. And actually, I I would say that I fall more on the spectrum of um, believing that there is some outside force, that there is something that you're tapping into for real. Um, but I, I, what, I, what I wanted to make a note of is, you know, someone who may be listening who doesn't believe that um, can still believe that this is worth doing, right? Um, yeah. That 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 by by paying attention to the songs, you are, um, you know, drawing out some hidden meaning that English, like in English as a per imperfect symbolic language, um, you know, you don't, you may not consciously realize that those that you're that you're seeing clues, um, you know, uh, in in the question, but it's worth doing this to draw out that subconscious um, level, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I would say that you know we talked about this in the tarot episode as well. You know, I I I see a lot of my own personal tarot readings as you know doing exactly that, reaching into my subconscious, pulling out the stories that like I'm telling myself, but not realize I'm telling myself. Um, but you know, at the same time, I can't deny the experiences I've had with Alice myself. You know, uh, this past weekend I took a trip down to um, Asheville to to spend some time with friends, and during the trip down there, I was thinking about Alice, and I had a, a playlist on shuffle. Um, it was my most liked playlist on um, Spotify, uh, and there were several songs that popped up in there that I know I haven't liked. <laughs> you know, like sure. I, I just I have never hearted those things. I know because as soon as I heard them, I was like, "Oh, this is a really good song," and I was like, "I never heard this before." And I went to go put a little heart on them, and it was already there. And then I started listening to the lyrics, and I was like, "This is telling me something." Alice, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah, I love that. And not to mention that, I mean, music is ingrained in our our beings from even a time where it maybe even a pre-human time right um sure our our history with music is is such an important one it's how we tell stories it's how we um keep track of our history it's how we do a lot of things and so i'm not surprised that i mean and it, and it can invoke such such feeling inside of mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. in a ways that other other things cannot and so it doesn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if there's there's some there's something behind it that mm -hmm. is you know whatever whatever it may be. I mean, even if it's just uh, the like provocial muse, right? Like like there's something there um, that's definitely pretty powerful um, sure. that we, that we've never been able to explain before. So totally agree. I was thinking the other day, um, I had I went to a concert Thursday night, and I was thinking about how uh, music, musicians in particular, are, are 
kind of alchemists in a way, and this is like an abstract thought kind of, but I mean, what we're doing when we produce music is we're taking these vibrations and sounds and combining them almost like a spell and like putting them out into the world with the hope that it will change those vibrations and sounds into emotions and feelings within the listener. Um, and I don't know. I, I think that all music is, is kind of magical in that sense. Right. And in a deeper symbolic language, an older one than English. Sure. It, it can change the emotions of an entire culture. I mean, you think about how many songs have been used to for football, for politics, for things like that. And songs become laden with all of this meaning. So then you take them into an entirely different context. The song has all of this meaning, all of this energy that's been put into it by all the people who have lived with it, loved it, celebrated by it, grieved by it, whatever. You play it in another context. It now brings with, along with it all of that emotion. So now it can actually become a tool in and of itself. Sure. Right. Right on. Well, um, you mentioned that you don't like the term guides. I, I'd kind of like to dig into that. Uh, what, what do you consider Alice, if, if not a spirit guide for you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, so I've I, recently I've been going through the Ryan Singer podcast, um, and there have been a couple of guests on there who have talked about their experiences with a something that really resonate with me as being super similar to what Alice is. Um, there is a woman named Jessica who has contact with what she calls an alien uh, named Oscar. That experience resonates with me. I think her connection to whatever it is is stronger than the connection that I have, but I think mine is on that trajectory. And then there was a gentleman I was listening to yesterday, and he is has a being called, I think, Stoneflower, and that one really resonated with me as well. Um, I think whatever she is, she is both outside of me, but she also is me. Um, I like to say that not only am I Alice, I'm also Wonderland. Um, as previously discussed in the other uh, podcast, um, I'm generally non-dual in my uh, sort of spiritual belief, which, you know, more or less in a nutshell, I, you, uh, the desk I'm sitting on or sitting at, the chair I'm sitting in, all of it is God. We are all pieces of God. Yeah. And in that way, the boundaries between all of these things are all artificial. So higher self, but I also feel like that doesn't really cover it. Um, I don't sure. feel like there's a word big enough. Yeah, that's totally fair. You know, I, I, I personally feel like when I'm working with my guide, I'm working with my higher self. Uh, I may need to check out some more of those Ryan Singer podcasts, which is also kind of a sink. I don't know if you knew this or not, Bianca, but the reason I went to Asheville this past weekend was go see Ryan Singer. We saw him on Friday. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, um, why don't we talk a little bit more about your artwork? Um, okay. So I know that you've got a show going on right now, correct? Yeah. So um, Norman, Oklahoma, which is about half an hour outside of Oklahoma City, there is a place called Equity Brewing. Um, I've got the bulk of my work over the last two years on display there through September 24th. Excellent. Okay. And if people go check that out, what can they expect to see? What, what does your artwork look like? Um, well, it's very, very colorful. 
So I use a lot of small, for, for my, um, my sculptures, I use a lot of small plastic bits. I use beads, I use game board pieces, I use foam clay, I use lots of recycled materials, and I create these little, um, they're almost like something you would find on a coral reef where you've got these dense clusters of a large variety of different kinds of life. <clears throat> but I also do mixed media wall hangings, which are very bohemian, colorful, um, made up of a lots of cut canvas and yarn and dangly bits and lots of fun. And then I started recently started getting into fiber. Um, and those compositions are very similar to the clay pieces. They're just a different set of materials, but it's all very vibrant, very colorful and very abstract. Neat. So, so what you have on your website, is that the wall hangings then? Um, I've got several things on my website. Uh, I do, I do have a couple of hangings on there, I think under the portfolio. Yeah, I, I guess I'm talking about the store. That's what I looked at. Oh, oh, my store. So I have 28 little miniature um, wall sculptures that I just finished and uh, one larger wall sculpture and four pieces of art jewelry. They're cuffs that I made in this fiber art style. You wear them around your wrist. They're, they're very cool. Um, as soon as my show at Equity comes down, some of those things will also be listed on my website. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the portfolio now. That's really neat. Thank you. So as a as a person who does not, I have lots of ideas of things that I would like to create, but I'm not creative in a way with my hands. I can't make things um, that I have in my mind. What what do you find? It, does this type of thing just come naturally to you, or is it just all over a long period of time with lots of practice, you've developed the ability to kind of manifest these things with the mediums that you're working with? Um, all right. So, I, well, I've been creative my entire life, and um, in sort of the question of nature versus nurture, uh, I do have creativity on both sides of my genetics. So I do think that there is a certain amount of it that is just natural. That said, the stuff that I'm doing now, that came about um, as the result of the use of psychedelics when I was really, 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 really sick. They saved my life. They gave me my spirituality and they gave me my art that, that experience uncorked a lot of things for me that I didn't have previously. When I was in my 20s, I really, really thought I wanted to be a writer. Um, but the kinds of things that I wrote back then were very dark, um, often, you know, depression and homicide and suicide and all of these very, very dark topics. So uh, the Bianca before that experience and the Bianca after that experience are very different people. And my art is very much informed by those experiences. Wow, interesting. So, so how did you start out? You said you mentioned you've been doing it your whole life. What did you do when you were like a child? Well, when I was a kid, you know, I liked to draw a little bit. Sure. Um, not not anything with any great passion. Um, and I've always been crafty. You know, my mom taught me to sew. I've picked up crochet. I was one of those kind of um, artists uh, because I have ADHD that I would try something for a little while. I would never finish anything. Then I'd put it away. Consequently, my studio is now full of things that I've collected over the years that I can use in the art that I do today. Right. Um, 
But when I started to get well after my illness um, and when my spiritual awakening started in 2016, I started out by just art journaling. And I wasn't doing it for anybody else. I was doing it purely for myself and playing with watercolors. And so I did that for two years, um, obviously growing my skill over that time. In 2018, um, I really identified that it wasn't something I just wanted to do as a hobby, that it is a, it is not only my most serious passion in life, I believe it is my purpose. Um, and so that is when I started taking the process of creating art, showing art, um, getting involved in the arts community, all of those things very seriously started in 2018. And since then, um, I'm incredibly prolific uh, because it is the thing I love most in life. So it's very, very easy for me to go sit down in my studio and do it. And I'm very lucky that way. That's that's amazing. And you've mentioned it a couple times already being being on the spectrum, which is something that I can relate to. I found later on in life that I'm I'm definitely on the spectrum. <laughs> and my and coincidentally, my my son is on the spectrum as well. Um, and very much, very similar to your story of like, you kind of started off with like, you wanted to write, um, which has been my, my thing for a very long time. I've always wanted to write, um, but things never just came out the way I really wanted them to. Um, and so funny story, and this is something that we mentioned on the, um, uh, episode with the tarot was that I'm I was very much like you like I would start something and then I couldn't focus on it right I would I would start something it maybe last a day and then I just couldn't continue doing with what I was doing and we did a, a tarot reading with Jeff and I had just asked him I said you know what can I do like what is it that I'm meant to do right like what can I I do that I can I'm going to stick with right and and actually have some uh, some good come out of it. And that was this podcast, um, which is the only thing that's definitely lasted longer than a day. It's been months now. Um, so I, I think it, it takes a while for, for people to find really what they're interested in. And this is what I think about all the time now um, is podcasting. So I definitely relate, I can't relate to your artistic talent, but I, I can relate to the feelings behind um, both being on the spectrum and, and finally finding some focus and some, some content there. When, when you have that thing that is, is, is everything, it's everything and everything else, it's really hard to do anything else. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. you know, I, I should be sitting down in front of my computer to put some of these pictures of the things that I've taken over the last few days on my website. But even doing that, like, no, I just want to be in my studio. And um, when you find that thing, it's it's both the most exhilarating experience in the world because I always wanted that, but also the most frustrating because when you can't and you're spending your time doing other things, sometimes it can be very painful. Yeah, and you can exhaust yourself too. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's it's amazing. It's amazing yeah. how how things um, things can coalesce into, and people can have similar experiences with just completely different mediums. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely jealous of having something to you know that you really love to pour your intention into and can almost do like an infinite amount of. That's that's pretty exciting. Um, going back to um, 
Wiggy's story, I know uh, one difference between what you've tried to do in the past. I know we've talked about this before. Um, one difference between what we what you tried to do in the past and now is that this is kind of like a collaborative creative effort, right? Um, so, uh, Bianca, do you have any thoughts on that? Do you do collaborative art at all? I have not had a chance to do a whole lot. Um, I would very much like to. Uh, in fact, there are several artists who I belong to an art collective here in Oklahoma City. I think we're up to close to 100 members at this point, and I'm the communications wow. director for this. Oh, wow. um, but anyway, there are several members of the collective that I would really, really love to collaborate with. But we're all incredibly busy people, and actually making that happen is very difficult. Um, the closest thing to a collaboration that I've done so far we have a, an immersive art experience here in Oklahoma City called Factory Obscura. It's like Meow Wolf and other places like that. Um, and so I have a piece of art in there. The entire experience is a collaborative um, space. Right. So in that way, it's collaborative. But the entire art piece that I did was all done by me, except for the building of the box. Sure. I would also say that a key difference that can be noted here is I have no tangible skill. And Bianca does. I have no. no that's not true, Justin. I, 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 you're a great conversationalist when you try. You know that's why I think you're so you know natural at this podcast thing. Like, you know, when you sit down and talk to someone, you're an empathetic listener and uh, you know a good conversationalist. I, I think you've got skills that they just don't line up in the uh, perhaps aesthetic, you know, visual realm like like Bianca's. Which for, same thing for me, by the way. Sure. Like I, yeah. I can't draw. I can't, you know, I, I've tried to create art my whole life, and I find more and more that if instead I take the, the desire to create in that way and turn it into, like, conversation and empowering others, that I'm finding that is a, a more satisfying creative outlet for me, so... Um, well, and tangible tangible results are great and all of that, but there is a lot to be said for creating content that connects people and ideas, you know. So your tangible skills are you know how to turn your computer on and get all the software and hook everything up and edit and all of that. That's tangible and meaningful, but so is the content. So please don't talk about yourself that way. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, and and we can say that a, a lot of so a lot of things with art in general right there's lots of different mediums and we've talked about music we've talked about um like wall pieces we've talked about sculptures we've talked about a lot of different things and we've also talked about storytelling and and we talked about it through mu about through music but storytelling in itself is one of the things that i'm most fascinated by and which which is why I have I think I have such a, a big uh, affinity to comedy. Comedy is my favorite thing in the world. Um, and I just I love how there's different ways to tell a story. Um, and and I like I said, I think we can do this with it with any medium. You can tell a story in any medium that, that you're able to and, and find something meaningful. And and I think I'm just really lucky at the moment that uh, we've been able to, to find this. Um, but that being said, it, uh, how often do you um, every time when you create a, a new piece of art? Is there a, a, a story in the background behind it? You know, are you are you feeling something in particular or something that you're trying to convey? 
Um, sometimes, sometimes uh, there's symbolism. I will never, ever explain my symbolism. That's for me, but sometimes there is symbolism in my pieces. Um, sometimes there is emotion that is executed through sort of the abstract flow of a piece. Um, but more often than not, it is a curiosity in, wanting to play with a material that I haven't tried before or a method that I haven't tried before. So a lot of my art is just exploration. And challenge. Would yes. you say challenge? Yeah, challenge. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I find that I find that that to be true. I mean, lots of people want to do something that's more difficult. It gives you a lot of fulfillment. Um well, on that note, um, are there any like challenging, you know, materials or something that you're looking forward to using or that you're using right now? Um, well, let's see, materials. Um, I don't think I have anything on the horizon. I'm, I'm, in, I've, I've got little experiments going on, but I don't know how uh, nitty gritty I want to get that would continue to be interesting to people listening. Gotcha. Um, okay. But I guess as far as personal challenges. For my overall art career, I really want to get into doing installation work. So that would be things that people can touch, things that people can walk through. I'm looking for the right first opportunity to do that. So that is something I'd really like to do. Right and, and what's preventing you from doing that? Is it, is it a question of scale? Um, no, it's a question of right place, right time, right organization, because you have to have a place to put it, basically. Sure. So it would, you know, unless I want to try and store it in my garage, and I'm already storing a lot of art. Um, right. So you need a venue, basically, um, or, you know, corporate places will sometimes invite artists to do those things in their lobbies, storefronts, things like that. So I am looking for an opportunity that I can apply for or an invitation to do something like that. Cool. Well, here's hoping that it happens soon. Oh, I think I think. It I was just going to say, since we're talking about strange materials, um, aliens <laughs> are, made of, are made of very strange materials. Okay. Um, All right. Well, that's an awkward transition, but it's definitely been something that's been coming up for conversation a lot in the last 24 hours. Um, there was a new interview with David Grush um, on the American Alchemy um, podcast that you know, brought up a, a lot of new information, and uh, I know it's something that's been on my mind. And Bianca, you and I have talked about aliens in the past in, in some of our conversations. Yeah. Um, what What are your current thoughts on what's going on with, you know, all this disclosure stuff and, you know, some of the new information that's come to light? Well, gosh. I have, I have many thoughts. I, I, I come from no place of expertise. And um, so everything that I'm saying, I'm just pulling this out of the air. Well, you're I, a <laughs> I, I think what is happening right now, I don't think it's because the government wants it to happen. I think it is because their hand is being forced for some reason. Mm -hmm. What that reason is, 
Oh, gosh, I, I'm afraid to even speculate. Um, we could go way, way, way super into the woo and say, oh, this is the coming of the Great Awakening. And, you know, everybody's going to start waking up and the aliens are going to come. And I don't know, you know, that's way, way, way off the deep end. And I think that stuff is interesting, but I touch it very lightly. Sure. Um, on the other side is that there is some fully material alien from, another planet coming here and either they are a threat to us or they are trying to warn us of a threat or stop us from nuking ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's possible. The other possible is, is that we're all being hoaxed by the government and all of these things that we're seeing flying around are, you know, creations of our own engineers. Um, whatever it is though, I think, it is either something that is going to reveal itself and it is out of the government's hands to stop that. Or if it is our own technology, it's getting to the point where it's harder and harder for them to hide it. And so in, in order for them to not look like idiots for not coming forward early enough, they're coming forward now because something is inevitable. What's, what's your wildest take? My what do you think? Is, yeah. What's your wildest take that you think could, possibly be true um uh okay uh boy we're 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 really playing with uh creative ideas here that we are living in a simulation mm -hmm. and i mean like vr goggles type simulation so alice perhaps is out there somewhere and and that's me and i'm wearing the goggles and something is going to happen where we're all going to wake up and figure it out and they're preparing us for that so that we don't all just die of shock. Mm. That's way out there. <laughs> you know, it's way out there, but it's also like a topic that's been touched on by, yeah. you know, Grush and, and others, you know, this idea that, um, you know, it, we could potentially be in a simulation and, you know, yeah, sorry, that was kind of a an abstract thought. <laughs> I'll I'll edit that one out. Well, well, in my my mind, I think uh, it, it seems almost more likely than the idea that they're coming here physically, right? Um, that the I mean, just just based on the distance and all that stuff that it would take, right? Um, it, it seems more likely to me that they exist in an, either another dimension or maybe a higher dimension, something like that. See, I think it's possible that there's actually multiple things going on. I think it is entirely possible that some of the things that are flying around actually are things that our government has made and people are seeing and it's, you know, skunk works or whatever. Um, I also think it's possible that we have biologicals coming from another planet who have managed to find a black hole or a portal or something, or as some people have speculated from under our oceans. But I definitely absolutely think that there is another dimension another realm whatever and that some of these things are coming from there and i think so this is this is deep end here again um throughout the years people have seen things and the context of things as the context changes the things that they are seeing changes so genies fairies, uh, leprechauns, um, Bigfoot, all of these things are actually all the same thing and they're manifesting based on people's expectations. And I think UFOs, at least the extra dimensional version of them, may be that. 
Bianca, you're 100% my new favorite person. So <laughs> so we got to get down down to business here. So okay. so um so you're saying like we we could be in a simulation, right? Which is which is one of my favorites. Um and something to think about, I think that we've kind of glossed over a little bit is so yesterday, or maybe it was today, I read a news article, um, and that news article is it was today because I sent it to Jeff. Um, it was about how AI um, is now programming its own um, software. Um, they have AI that's making its own software, and so you kind of ticked on, you know, maybe there's there's a U in VR that could potentially be doing something or somebody else. Um, who's kind of directing things from from a different place, right? Mm-hmm. So there could be, and and I know this is going to go right down a uh, uh, Rab's uh, <laughs> Rab's favorite place is that there could be an infinite amount of um, dimensions that may not actually be what we think of as dimensions, but it's just AI that's just infinitely creating new ai on top of itself sure um and and i was thinking about that a lot today and you just kind of touched on it a little bit so i had to i had to say something well, well um, don't talk about my favorite place so openly i'm, I'm sorry I'm, i didn't want to tell <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry i told everybody where you were i know that there's a, a bounty hunt out for you right now. <laughs> yeah i don't reveal don't blow up my spot the fifth dimension is so cool I don't want anyone going there. Yeah, I don't want it crowded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We may already all be there, though. It's true. I mean, we probably all are. This is something I was talking about with a, another friend, my co-host on the other show, Tiff, earlier today. Was um, I wonder if my current body, the the current thing you interact with now, is just the shadow of like a four D being. You know, like we're only seeing the 3D version, but we're actually like so much more than just these bodies, you know? Yeah, it'd be like if a kidney had, had its own consciousness, you know, or like, like a liver had its own consciousness, you know, it's just one part of it. Um, I mean, it seems like a full being in and of itself, and even a kidney, you know, is composed of multiple cells, right? Um, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be aware necessarily that it's in a whole body. It just thinks it has a job. Well, and, and then if you start thinking of the experiences of your life in terms of an algorithm, I don't know if you guys use TikTok. I use it every day because I, I post my art there. And the algorithm on TikTok is amazing. It figures out what you want probably faster even than you do. Yeah. And when you right. start when you start tuning into the synchronicities and manifest, manifestations in your life and connect them to the things that you put your energy to – it gets real subtle. It's real subtle, but there is an algorithm over life as well. Absolutely. It, I, I've seen examples of that in my life over and over again. Um, you know, it, even like digital, you know, representations of that algorithm, like the way uh, I'll start to see ads for things like just as I'm beginning to think about, oh, you know what, I could really use blah, blah, blah. Like, not even speaking it out loud, you know? Sure. Like, yeah. and, and all of a sudden, it's just being served up to me, you know? And, and that always makes me think, oh, yeah, we're, we're definitely in the Matrix here. Something's going yeah. on. <laughs> um, 
along those same lines, I, I was thinking the other day about how uh, if we're living in a simulation um, and it is all just, you know, a big program running in the background, you know, how do you handle, you know, glitches? Um, we mentioned that, you know, fairies, genies, all these things from, you know, the past that were explanations for these unexpected or whatever things you know are those just examples of like programming unexpected errors that are popping up and you know the program trying to explain it away via you know fantastical details um you know if that's the case uh, is there a way to create glitches within you know the software you know is that what magic is is ritual just the equivalent of like speedrunners running into a wall at the right angle and glitching through you know, and if that's the case, is it possible to, you know, become so good at doing that that it's almost like indistinguishable from reality? Wow, that's pretty deep. I would argue on some level that, you know, the fairies, the leprechauns, the genies, whatever, those things exist, at least in part because we believe they do. Yeah. And um, so I think... I think potentially part of the reason that we're seeing more UFO activity these days is because more and more people are beginning to believe in it. And I think that will become exponential. Potentially, this is just a theory. And so if that's true, then maybe the reason that what is happening between me and Alice is happening more, more strongly every day is because I am beginning to believe it and it will begin to build on itself. So is it then potentially possible if all of this is a simulation anyway, that you can learn how to shoot fire out of your fingers? Yeah. Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I also, I also thought about this in, in two separate ways. So one could be in, in, in this article and back to the article that I read today, they did say that even though the AI would write the code, they'd still write it with error. And they would take another group of AI to recognize that error in a way to fix it. So I wonder if, I mean, nothing, nothing's perfect, right? We know that nothing is perfect. Um, and so d is it just mistakes? Like, like you're saying, like, is it just bad code? Um, or as we were talking about, is this one of those things where it's, uh, and Bianca hit on it that like the Santa Claus effect, right? Um, we all feel like when we're children, there's a lot more mystif like mystical energy around the world, right? Santa, you believe in Santa, so Christmas is more magical in itself, right? So the question becomes, is that the same for everything? which is kind of what you guys were hitting on. I mean, is that the same when it comes with spirituality and religion? The more you believe in it, the more it kind of uh, things, ex things happen the way you expect them to. Well, think about the things that um, materially speaking that we believe in and they're real because we believe in them. The economy. Right. Oh, that yeah. only exists because we believe in it. The government, that only exists we because we believe in it. And I'm definitely on somebody's list now because I've said those two things. <laughs> um, <laughs> not, not any more than we are. Yeah. Or at least, or at least I'll club. speak to myself. Yeah. But you know, these, these, these illusions of celebrity and all of these things, those, those are only true because we believe it. And, um, 
I, I have experienced uh, chronic illness that uh, had, in large part has been treated by um, me altering my mental state on top of all the other therapies. And it's like, you know, you hear people doing that all the time. Mm-hmm. Just expand the conception of what you believe is possible when you believe something. You don't even have to buy into it. Just play with the idea and see what happens. Yeah, it's amazing how much a, a shift in, in your own perspective can can change your just whole world. Um, you, you mentioned yeah. earlier the, you know, psychedelic experience you had. You know, I had I've had several in my life as well. And I I do feel like, you know, post psychedelia, um, I was a different person. Like my view of the world shifted so dramatically that I mean, I started waking up early in the morning immediately after, you know, like I wasn't staying up late and and wasting my day i wanted to be in the sun and i was generally just happier and more excited and more creative um you know just little shifts in your your perspective on the world can literally change the way you see it yep totally all right any other questions guys let me contemplate yeah (laughs) (laughs) I can go. I can go weirder. Oh, please do. <laughs> I, I'm, an, I'm an artist with a creative mind. Give me a starting point, and I can go weirder. <laughs> um, so I know that you, you mentioned when I asked you, you know, topics you want to talk about. You said that you could you could wax on the idea of you know what reality really is for a long time. Um, you know, does that go back to the simulation theory? Is that where your mind is at the moment, or um, know, what is reality to you? You know, that changes on a a minute to minute basis. (laughs) I, since, since my um, spiritual awakening started in 2016, I'm, I'm a generalist in that regard. I go where my curiosity leads me. I often don't go very deep. So I have a very surface relationship with um, a lot of these topics, but what I absolutely believe deep down in the very bottom of my soul that so you, you've heard the uh, quote by Arthur C. Clarke, any technology sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. So I believe in magic in the sense that what we call magic is a technology that every single person, every single person can employ to improve their lives mm-hmm. or ruin their lives, quite frankly, because it's all the same thing. Now, Religion would tell you, you have to follow these steps to employ this. And you need an intermediary. Um, A lot of the occult practices like, you know, the Rosicrucians. And and this is no shade to anybody who practices any of these things. This is purely my own subjective experience and how I am going on my journey. Um, People who practice Wicca, people, whatever it might be. These are all tools that help them to tune in to this thing that is all the same thing. It is all the same thing. For me, because I'm a contrarian, because I'm an abstract thinker, because I'm an artist, I don't want to do it the way anybody else does. And I'm definitely not going to follow anybody else's rules. So I am connecting to whatever this is through my own magical practices, which change all the time. And what I think that is, is everything i truly do you hear about the um you know the holographic nature of the universe and how everything is fractal i believe that i 
am the same as the desk in front of me, as uh, the three gentlemen here on the other side of this connection, as the uh, phone that's sitting over there. I believe we are all the same and it is one big soup. And um, so when you die, there is some version of reincarnation. And perhaps when you go back into that space, um, some level of your selfness returns with it, but you become bigger, you become more expanded. I think simulation as a way of um, explaining that in a language that helps with people familiar with the technology we have now, I think that is a an analogy that works. And I think in the sense that what I am contained in this avatar is not the fullness of me. It is merely a piece experiencing a piece. In that way, I believe it is a simulation, but I don't think it's VR goggles. Fair. Does that sure. make sense? Yeah. yeah. And I, I find myself um, tending to agree with the idea that you know, you're the same as the desk in front of you or, you know, every, the same as everybody. Um, and I, I don't see any reason why that doesn't extend over what we think of as time forward and backwards, too. I sort of think of the universe as like um, a football shape where the beginning is where everything was condensed down to one point and the end is also that. Um, and the slices of the football are, are you know, moments in what we think of as time. And, and, and personally, I feel like um, it's like a um, it bringing it full circle, a giant art piece, you know, that that it's not that necessarily everything's preordained and orchestrated. But, you know, it's it was it's like the paint was spilled and then a certain certain set of events occur because of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then when you when you can remember that time is an illusion, mm -hmm. that it doesn't really exist. It's just, you know, we've got these these minds that we have to perceive it that way. And everything is happening. And science proves this. Everything is happening all at the same time. It makes, if you could be just a little bit more adventurous with your imagination, the concept of things like psychic phenomenon and ghosts and things like that actually make more sense it's all happening all at the same time i am connected to all of it why shouldn't i be able to tune into that or see that see those other layers those other planes sure so, did That's I lose you? no no it's amazing that's amazing i uh it makes me think about you 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 made me think about so many things. I've lost the things that I wanted to talk about. <laughs> um, That's how you know it's a good podcast. Yeah, it's there's so many things I wanted to talk about that I've just I've lost them all, and I mean they're all the same. Time doesn't exist, right? So right. it's so all, just put it's yourself like two minutes in the past, Wiki, real quick. Not that hard. Just do it. Oh, it was time. Actually, it was it was the the idea of time, and that, um, like you were saying, the the only reason why we perceive time the way that we do is because we're limited to the. It's just the way that our minds work, um, and a lot of things can be true um, at the same time. Two things can be true at the same time. So not only is there time the way that we experience it, but there can definitely be time in ways that we can't. And 
there's a there's this duality to to nature and life and and time um and and that brings me back to the other thing that i wanted i actually wanted to ask you um if this is too personal please let me know um but are you an aquarius i am yes oh my god Jeez. <laughs> uh, shocking, shocking. No, well, the, no, well, the reason why it makes sense is because I'm an Aquarius. Oh, so, okay, okay. So lots of the things that you were saying and the way you were saying them were really like, okay, she's in my brain right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is why I, I love hanging out with you guys because I'm an Aquarius rising. Like, I may not think like you guys, but I sure appear to think like you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jeff, you, did you remember that I'm Aquarius rising too? Yeah, I did. That's true. Yeah, we got a whole bunch of Aquarius energy going on here. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's why you guys you guys can handle our our uh, our dual nature without getting <laughs> mad without getting mad at us for it because we get mad at ourselves for it. So. <laughs> oh, funny. Well, right on. Well, we're you know getting close to the end of time here, uh, Bianca. I want to give you lots of time to plug anything that you know you have going on right now. Uh, tell us where the people can find you. Uh, how can you be reached? So I, my website is BiancaRolands.com, and that's R-O-L-A-N-D. There's no W. Um, I'm also on Instagram. My handle is at BiancaRolandArt. I post there at least once a week, though recently it's been every day. Um, TikTok is also at BiancaRolandArt, and I definitely post there every day, often multiple times a day. And if you want to see what I'm currently working on, that is the place to go. Um, as I said, I've got a show up at Equity Brewing through September 24th. And I just dropped a whole bunch of fresh art on my website. These things are absolutely priced to be great for Christmas presents. I'm currently only shipping within the United States as I learn how to do all of this because it's brand new. Um, but, and there's also a contact form there on my website if you'd like to be added to my mailing list. Just drop me a line and I will make sure you know when I release new things. Awesome. Yeah, that's literally what I said to Jeff when I saw your website. It was like, this, these would be great Christmas presents. <laughs> Good. Yeah. All right, great. Well, uh, Bianca, thank you so much for being on here. Uh, we've had one other guest so far, but she was our friend Jackie. You're really our first like guest guest on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to us and, and share your view on things. Um, you're just a great presence to be in and a really entertaining person to have a conversation with. So, Well, thank you. It's super fun to get to talk about these things. I actually don't get to talk about them very often. So anytime you want me to come back and wax poetic about something weird, I am down. Oh, well, we will definitely have you back for sure. Okay. Yep. I, uh, I like to call our guests bonus friends. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, so you're you're part of the bonus friend group now. Yeah, you're bonus cool. friend number one. That's right. Oh yay! Okay. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, be sure to check us out at thepandapod.com. If you have any questions, email us at pandapod. Or what's our email address? <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's podcast at thepandapod.com. Yeah, what he said. Uh, thank you all so much. We'll catch you next time. Bye bye. 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 Bye.